Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for so many of you joining us here live in person. Those who join us live on and stream on Facebook on the website, we would thank you for joining us as we prepare to worship. We have special guests with us, Metamora Mennonite Church, to worshiping with us this morning. So we thank God for you to be in here. We thank you for joining where you are. And we want to welcome you a little something like this. You're welcome to go around and shake somebody's hand and welcome them here in this place. together in unity. Amen. Thank you so much. You may, may, you may be seated, those you can. As we continue to worship, you're welcome to uh, continue to worship with us as Zion's music ministry is going to lead us next. Amen. Thank you. 
morning, church. We thank God for another day. Amen. Let's have an opening word of prayer. Father God, we come thanking you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the one which was and is and is to come, the everlasting God. Lord, we just come thanking you this morning, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for Metamora Mennonite fellowshipping with us this morning, Heavenly Father. Father, continue to bless all of our families, Heavenly Father, for you know what we need even before we ask for it, Heavenly Father. Father, bless the ones that's traveling on the road. Give them traveling grace, Father. Ones that lost love, give them comfort and peace. Lord, we invite you into our place this morning, Heavenly Father. Let us worship you in truth and in spirit. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. The scripture reading this morning will come from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 5. If you're able to stand out of God's word, you may do so. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to go down to verse 38. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Matthew 5, starting at verse 38. And it reads, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Mm -hmm. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and don't turn away those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be, but if you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. Maybe see it. At this moment, I want to welcome uh, many of our children to go in the slings, uh, to the fellowship hall uh, for that activity for the children. They desire to go down. Amen. They're welcome to uh, go downstairs in our fellowship hall. The ushers can help escort them down. Amen. 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 And then also, too, signs going for another um, um, selection. And then we're going to have um, men and more Mennonite uh, worship choir to come up there and then it'll be led by the pastor. A servant of five and a half years, amen. Can't, can't forget that half year. Uh, Pastor Eric Potter bring forth the message, amen. If you can join me to encourage Pastor Potter to say, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word, amen, amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
thankful to be invited to you is to we're going to sing two songs with you. I have really cute um, song sheets given out by really cute people. If you need some, you want to raise your hand. I have some more to go around. I try to say um, you know, we as believers, everything is universal to us because we serve the same God. But I try to think of really, really, really universal songs for both congregations. Um, we all have the same need of Him. We all are broken. We're all in need of grace. We all are lost. We all are blind. Um, but we are all called precious by Him. So, we're going to sing these two songs together. My lovely friends are going to lead you. I'm going to play on the piano. Um, yeah, it's just good to be with you. Sing out. Thank you. 
day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in what? Amen. Amen. God is here by his spirit. We are here to worship the risen Christ, and it brings me great joy to do that together as Metamore Midnight Church and our brothers and sisters from Zion Baptist together. God is good. God is faithful. Amen. Amen. Uh, our, journey in, uh, uh, our journey in partnership as churches continues today. And not just in worship, but in a fellowship meal afterwards downstairs. Uh, thank you to Zion Baptist for hosting us today. Uh, and thank you to Pastor Sam uh, for the love and the gift of your friendship. He was here a minute ago. I don't know where he went. But thank you, Pastor Sam, for your love, your friendship uh, over these years. And to preach in the very pulpits uh, where you, Pastor Sam, there he is, <laughs> Constantly remind your people of God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. It's truly a gift to me to be able to be in this same pulpit. And we shall see if it is a gift to others this morning as well. Well, yeah. Amen. We'll see. It all depends, right? Congrats once again on 16 years of faithful ministry here on the inside of the walls of Zion Baptist Church. Not only inside of these walls, but you know, Pastor Sam, on the outside of these walls as well, for being a faithful minister of the gospel in the great area. God is faithful, and we see this in and through your life. So thank you. Uh, Zion Baptist, we at Metamore Mennonite Church, we have been in a fall series called Roots, and in it we have taken a deeper look into the long, deep, rich heritage of the Mennonites as a group of people seeking to follow Jesus the best they know how with a distinctive Anabaptist theology. Now, if someone says Anabaptist too quick, you might hear Baptist. Anabaptist. You might hear Baptist. Or you might hear anti, anti-Baptist, right? <laughs> no, that's not. No, it's Anna, A-N-A, Baptist. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, given that we are worshiping together today as Anabaptists and Baptists in the same building, and we always do this in God's building of the world, uh, who could have predicted this but God alone? Amen? All right. We might need to take a look uh, just at that word Anna for a, for a brief moment. It simply means to re-baptize. 
Who are these people, these Anabaptists? Well, this little odd group of people started in the, uh, the time of the Reformation, though with a little less press than those other Protestant reformers of the Lutherans or the Calvinists, Martin Luther or John Calvin. They were a group of people, this Anabaptist, a group of people uh, that believed in re-baptism of adults, adults who were previously baptized in a, in a faith context, the Catholic Church, uh, but they deeply wanted to follow the life and teachings of Jesus. So being baptized, they re-baptized, and that's why they have come to the, the term Anabaptist. Okay? And this created many problems for the Anabaptists back in the day. As a result, they received persecution, both from the Catholic wing and also the other Protestants, uh, and labeled as heretics. These days, if you're labeled a heretic, you have to um, you know, deal with social media and be called out as a heretic. Back then, it could lead to being burned at the stake. Uh, so this is our root series. Again, it's a look at our Anabaptist heritage and asking what in the world does it have to do with following Jesus in the here and now in this contemporary season? We've been following a framework set out by Palmer Becker. This, this, he wrote this book called Anabaptist Essentials. And that framework is Jesus is the center of our faith. Community is the center of our lives. And reconciliation is the center of our work. I love the beauty in this simplicity. Amen? Anyone else? Uh, and today is one of three Sundays over this fall that we're looking at reconciliation, and, and specifically reconciliation through the work of peacemaking or peace building. Okay? Uh, there are multiple Anabaptist denominations because Zion, Anabaptists have always gotten along. That's why there's multiple denominations. There's, there's Mennonites, Brethren in Christ, Amish, Amish Mennonites, uh, Hutterites, to name a few. These churches, these denominations, under this Anabaptist, Anabaptist uh, theology umbrella, have been, have been called, come to known as peace churches. Peace churches. Peace is that peace of Jesus that is most often highlighted for Mennonites. Our logo emblem is the dove. Now, the Methodist logo or emblem is the cross with the flame, right? We have a different emblem. It's a peace dove, and, it's, and it has an olive branch in its mouth for a sign of peace. So for Mennonites, all things peace. Say it with me. All things So today, reconciliation, the center of our work, and peacemaking is part of that reconciling work in the world. Uh, here in the Bible... Here in the Bible, Jesus carries many, many titles. Savior, Redeemer, Lord, Creator. Bread of life, Son of the living God, King of kings, Wonderful counsel, Counselor, Healer, and Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. This particular focus of Jesus, this Prince of Peace, is what really lights up the Mennonites. Okay, So, uh, for they... But they see everywhere in the life and teachings of Jesus from Scripture. They see it everywhere, this idea of peace. Peace is central to the gospel. Even Paul names it a bit later in his uh, letter to the church at Colossae. Through him, that is Jesus, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making what? Peace. Through the blood of his, uh, blood of his cross. Other titles, other aspects of Jesus, perhaps highlighted in other denominations, 
But the Mennonites, Anabaptists, again, peace is our jam. And today we have a text that I would like to le- read through once again. And uh, this microphone. Check, check. This. Check. Okay, there we go. Uh, and so there's a text I would like to read through once again. Another chance, perhaps, for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to grab our attention with it. And perhaps use it to aid uh, in a, maybe a transformational moment perhaps an encouragement to you this morning, perhaps an invitation toward a better way of living. So let us read it again. Do I hear crickets? Okay, that's fun. Thank you for your attention. So let's read it one more time. All right, so an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. Let's read this. So you have heard it said, eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the, the other cheek as well. And if, if anyone wants to uh, sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone focuses, uh, forces you, sorry, forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. It continues. You have heard it that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your, of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet one, uh, or if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So it's at this point I'm just going to go out the back door to the church down the street to see if I can get a different message today, because this is a bit difficult to preach. Anyone want to go down to the next church? Who wants to interact with this text this morning? Who's like, yeah, that's the one we want to talk about today. Anyone? I'll, I'll leave the charge. We'll go down. What's the closest church here? What's the next door? Maybe they have a more encouraging, uplifting message that we can interact with today. This is difficult. Amen? Is this difficult? Like, I don't want to preach this. I just, I don't. I don't want to read it. I don't want to preach it. But here it is. We have it today. If growing up in church uh, for most of your life, you're probably super familiar with this text. You've heard this before, love your enemies. And if you haven't grown up in church, you might be like, what? What's going on here? These are the words of Jesus. Say it again. These are the words of Jesus. How in the world is this even possible? I would have better luck trying to run a mile in under one minute. It's impossible. But with God. With God. Now, Jeff. All right. I see you over there. (laughs) You know, I noticed how often the pastor talks to you during this sermon. So I wanted to just talk with you. Hey, Jeff. How you doing with these words over here? Loving your enemies. How you doing? Turn the other cheek. Go two miles. Love your enemies. Is this your? Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
thank you. <laughs> five times in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you have heard it said. Five times. These are the final two. Now, if you divorce this text away from the Sermon on the Mount, this can feel like a heavy, heavy, heavy burden that Jesus has just laid on his disciples. If you divorce it from the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, but let's not do that. We need to remember that this Sermon on the Mount marks a radically new era, a radically new time period for God's relationship with humanity. For in Jesus, God, God's ongoing revelation of God's ongoing revelation of God's essence, this revelation has shifted things. It has shifted things for those who follow Jesus. These are some of the most difficult, hard to follow, countercultural, and perhaps probably the most ignored passages of scriptures from, from Jesus' mouth that we have seen. And when I hear this text, I'm reminded of MLK's words, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. This first section, uh, verse 38 to 42, it addresses an Old Testament law of retaliation or law of revenge. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Meaning, if someone steals your ox, you cannot go and steal that person's ox and his camel. And if that person steals your ox and your camel, you can't turn around and say, I'm going to take your goat as well. This is a way to curb excessive revenge. It was a way um, uh, to... Uh, get beyond just this re, uh, retaliation. Only take what has been taken from you. This is Old Testament. But is Jesus a game changer? Yes. Someone say yes. Okay. Here, here we see Jesus invites a new way of being in the world. No more an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. But if you are slapped on the cheek, turn to turn the left. Someone hauls you to court for your shirt. Give them your cloak as well. They make you walk one mile, go two. Ask, you give. Ask, and you lend. Speaking of being slapped in the face. This happened? Anyone? <laughs> Chris Rock insulted Jada. Will Smith assaulted Chris Rock. Now, this is not only physical, silence, or physical violence, but also an insult as well. It's an insult, it's a lawsuit, and it's a conscription. These are the things that would be common, commonly understood in an occupied territory. The presence of an oppressive regime of those being oppressed. For Rome was in charge, yet Jesus and his hearers, Jesus invites his hearers that day and invites us today to some revolutionary responses in the face of evil, in the face of oppression. An insult is not to be returned. A slap is not to be returned. For in turning the left cheek, you would need to use your right hand. The oppressor would need to use their right hand. Uh, and they would not, and they no longer slap, but perhaps use a fist. Which is a sign for the oppressor that if you have to use your right hand, it's a sign the person that you are hitting is actually your equal. Because in first century Palestine, your left hand was used for, you know, dirty things. So to use your right hand on someone was actually to say, no, if you're going to hit me, you're going to hit me as an equal. Not as someone lesser than you. 
The poor, about to lose their shirt, would shame the one who is, is taking, taking it by offering their cloak as well. If you offer your shirt, your shirt and your cloak, then you are what? Naked. And this invites the oppressor to reconsider the unfair treatment of the person. Walking a second mile where it was lawful for someone from Rome, a Roman soldier, to say, hey, carry my stuff for a mile. But they couldn't carry it more than one mile. If they did, the Roman soldier would be in trouble. So to go two miles was an invitation for the oppressor to reconsider what they were doing. It shows us, um, these, these three examples here, it shows ways of responding. Okay? They're, not, they're not done to humiliate the, the oppressor, but to expose the oppression itself and give the oppressor the opportunity to change their course of action. You could say it disarms them. It disarms them. I like how Charles Kozar uh, uh, says it. Jesus does not adjust the law of retaliation to make it more humane. It is not the improvement of the world systems, the world system he is about, but the vision of a new world. The depicting of human conduct that becomes the sign of God's what? Rule of peace and justice. Anabaptists throughout history have seen this text as a call to end excessive violence, to end cycles of violence and not continue them ongoing. In this passage, Jesus is urging his followers to refrain from returning violence for violence and also suggest ways uh, in which the oppressive situation might be changed. And Jesus here invites active participation in all three of these examples. Active participation. It's not a passive uh, way of being in the world, but it's an active participation. He says to, to turn, to give, and to walk. These are not, this is not passive non-resistance. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says the following, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. So that's the first section. The next section is equally as hard, love of enemies. Love of enemies. You can call it the, the law of love. You've heard it said, that, um, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Can't help but think in the history of America, there's been a lot of prayers that have gone up because of persecution, especially for our Zion brothers and sisters. We Mennonites know or have been taught that the persecution was a harsh reality for the early Anabaptists back in the 16th century, uh, continually, dri- continually driven from their homes, harassed, thrown into prison, and even burned at the stake. For years, in the beginning of the movement, uh, the Anabaptists were an oppressed people. One example of loving your enemy is Dirk Wellens. If you grew up in Mennonite spaces, you know the story, but uh, and this is an iconic figure for most Anabaptist tradition. Dirk was a member of the underground church in a small town in the Netherlands. In the latter part of the 16th century, he was arrested and imprisoned for his faith, and he managed to escape. And while fleeing across a frozen canal, 
he heard the ice give away behind him and, and turned back to um, rescue, uh, turned back and looked at the man who was chasing him and had fallen through the, the ice, and he could go free. This is his chance. He was a free man. He could go back to his family. And yet he turns around and he helps the person who is pursuing him. This compassionate act cost Dirk his life. And he was prompted, pr- promptly rearrested and soon after burned at the stake. Why? Why would Dirk turn back? He was free. His enemy would either die or have severe hypothermia. Why would he turn back? And Baptists have concluded that this instinctive response was the result of being nurtured in a community, by a community, in which loving your enemy was regarded as normative. It was normative for a disciple of Jesus to do this, to love your enemy. Dirk is a wonderful example, but simply following Jesus' example on the cross should be enough for us. Jesus shows us a new way how to interact with evil while he hung there on the cross. He did not retaliate. He didn't call upon the angels. But he he showed humanity the way to overcome evil and evildoers, to lose one's life, and in in the end, you will surely find it. 1 Peter uh, 2, 23 says the following, and while being, uh, uh, yeah, while being, I can't do this, (laughs) you can read it, (laughs) so, just, yeah, so, uh, revile, he did not revile in return, while suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Second Peter 2. And Jesus did do something on the cross, didn't he? He did do something. He prayed. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Throughout history, there has always been wars and rumors of wars. This is not prescriptive, but it's descriptive. And we know that from history, for the first two centuries, for followers of Jesus, Christians were committed committed to peace. This meant for two centuries, followers of Jesus uh, did not engage in bearing arms. The value of reconciliation instead of armed conflict was the center of their work. So it was in the beginning years of the church, so it was in the 16th century with Anabaptists. However, did you know that by 416, after Constantine, it was only professing Christians who were actually allowed to serve in the military. Man, how things have gone off the rails. For the church had made peace with war. The church had made peace with war. This value ethic, this way of being, this nonviolent presence in the world uh, has continued for Anabaptists throughout all of uh, U.S. history. Civil War, World War I, II, Vietnam, Korean, Desert Storm. Friends, Jesus was clear. Followers, followers of, of him were not to kill or to, or to destroy. 
Just ask Peter, who attempted to defend Jesus in the garden. Put away your sword. Even Metamore Mennonite has a long list of what they call COs, conscientious objectors. Asking rather to be a part of alternative service in times of war. John and Gary Garber, Dwayne and Kay Sears, Willis Suter, Don Unziger, David Ewert, to name a few. And I am thankful for their witness. What's the shortest book in human history? Mennonite War Heroes. I thought that was pretty good. I don't know. Is it Jeff? You like it? Come on, man. Good. But you also have to hear me on this. I appreciate the service and sacrifice of those who have served in the military, one being my, my father, Eugene. Look at him. This is him. I think it's in his second year at Vietnam. Uh, Dad and I have different, we hold different convictions, a different understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And I don't take lightly the benefit um, from how our nation has chosen to conduct itself, albeit in a worldly way, in a worldly way, okay, as it relates to war and conflict. And if there are people present with military connections, thank you as well. Though I would be open to a conversation as a Christ follower at the same time. So we hold that tension. We hold that tension. Okay. Although not an Anabaptist, an amazing Baptist named Martin Luther King had a fierce stance against the war in Vietnam, although maybe driven by another conviction, but it's related to the cost of war. A nation that continues year after year to spend more money on military defense than on programs for social uplift is what? Approaching what? Spiritual doom. Have we... Have we reached that spot yet? Spiritual doom in America, have we? It's prophetic. It's true. Over the decades, the church has so identified with natural, national interest that it's hard to distinguish between the political and spiritual advances or to even challenge the idea of war. Brothers and sisters, love and killing are not compatible partners. It's an awkward first date. Love and killing. They cannot. No. For many current and new Anabaptists, pacifism is actually too passive. And have now moved from strict non-resistance to a, toward a non-violent action against evil. See the difference there? There's action. Jesus calls, when he says those three examples, he calls them to action. Okay. So yes, uh, they, uh, these new Anabaptists, these current Anabaptists, they say no to war and violence, but go one step further, a second mile perhaps. There is nonviolent action. There is a nonviolent action against evil, seeking to correct injustice and eliminate the root causes of violence, with goals of bringing about peaceful resolution by means of addressing inequalities, showing compassion and implementing programs of restorative justice that transforms enemies into friends. Reconciling conflict by way of peacemaking is hard work. Refraining from engaging in violence may require us to lose 
our reputations, our property, maybe even our very lives, as it was true for Jesus and true for the early Christians. It was also true of the early Anabaptists. Stuart Murray, in his book, The Naked Anabaptist, says it this way, peace, of course, is multifaceted, especially if we have in, in, have in view the remarkably rich Old Testament concept of shalom, which is peace. The biblical vision of uh, universal re- restoration includes peace between God and humanity, enemies reconciled, disintegrated personalities healed, weapons of war decommissioned and transformed into agricultural in- implements, injustice and oppression removed, communities flourishing, say it again, flourishing, all communities flourishing, Create, uh, creation liberated from bondage, come on, and the abolition of sickness and death. Peace is at the heart of the gospel. It's not negotiable. Because the mission of God is to bring peace to the whole of creation. Friends, our being with one another today is an act of peace. Our trip to Memphis was an act of peace. Though, Pastor Sam and our leadership do ask the question, what is next? What is, it, what is next as it relates to these two churches? So today we will have a meal downstairs, and there will be um, pieces of paper that have some questions on it. And we invite you to, um, you know, mix up the room. Okay. Men and Midnight Church in Zion at tables. What steps might you or we take together to work for greater peace, justice, and reconciliation in our community and in our world? This will be our topic today as we have a meal. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters it won't be easy. For embracing alternatives to conventional wisdom, conventional wisdom that says fight or flight, that's conventional. We're invited into a post-conventional understanding these alternatives, will re- they will require courage, imagination, creativity, and persistence. And may the Holy Spirit be our guide. So the Lutherans had a guy named Martin Luther as like, you know, the reformer, the 95 Thesis. You know, the Mennonites have someone, Menno Simons. He says, I'll use this. Uh, we, we who were formerly no people at all, and who, who knew of no peace, are now called to be a church of peace. True Christians do not know vengeance of that. They are children of peace. Their hearts overflow with peace. Their mouths speak of peace, and they walk in the way of peace. Someone say Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pop, for leading us in that moment of peace. Amen. You can praise the Lord for that. So at this moment, if you just right where you just close your eyes, allow that word to meditate. Lord, am I walking in peace? 
Lord, am I living in peace? Lord, do I seek peace? And as you are wrestling with those questions and you're feeling convicted, go ahead and say, Lord, forgive me. Say, Lord, have mercy. And as you ask for his mercy and you ask him to forgive him, I want to encourage you that our Lord is faithful and just. If you confess your sins, he's faithful to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So as we're wrestling to walk in peace, to live in peace, to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to surrender right now to the Lord. He says, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, forgive me. And then now we want to respond and be in action. Say, Lord, use me. Help you guys seek after peace, to walk in peace, to speak in peace, and live in peace. That we will be his vessels of instruments of change. That those who surrender to him will have that peace that transcends all understanding as as God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He will keep you in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stay on him. Now, Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as the Prince of Peace, as their Lord and Savior who died on the cross. But, Lord, they want to know you. Lord, they believe in you. They've come to know you today. Father, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave. And now it's exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father. We thank you, Lord, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Lord, there's someone here today. We thank you, God, that you gave them peace, that you have made them at one with you by the blood you sacrificed way back on Calvary. We thank you, Lord, that who the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you. Amen. That's you. Amen. We definitely have more than one church here, Metamore, Mennonite, and Zion, that you said, I want to know Christ and give my life to him. Uh, We invite you uh, to join this fellowship. You might be online checking in. We invite you to reach out uh, to uh, us through our website, internet, those who are watching, amen, on on Zoom with Metamore, Mennonite, amen. Comment, send a link out, same on website or Facebook, send a comment link and come back and we want to fellowship with you. As we continue on in this in this time of worship, uh, you know to, we want to prepare to give God his tithes and our offering. And so we're going to have a representative for Metamore Mennonite that will be carrying the basket. Um, Zion's offering is right here in the box. Uh, so we ask you to freely give back as God has God, guided you and directed you. Uh, so we're going to have a moment of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Uh, We thank you how you've prospered us, how you've blessed us, how you take care of us. 
The Lord, he asks you to bless those who desire to give monetary, but yet they have not. We thank you, Lord. You provide all our needs. So, Father, we freely give back to you as we can. We ask you to bless all who are here. And may we bless what we did that will go out to minister the gospel of peace, that we will be your vessels. In Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. As you follow the instructions of the ushers as they will lead us. As you as you walk around, uh, mind the uh, art, the studio. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
able to comfort those in time of need. So we will fellowship, amen, but we definitely want to lift them up in prayer. And so uh, any announcements from Metamora? All right, amen, amen. So I'm, we're going to have a prayer. We're going to lift up Sister Deborah Whitelow and Sister Minnie and Johnny Summers. Amen. They want to bless the food, and then we're going to stand up for our benediction, and we want to see our way out to fellowship and more time in worship. Amen. Amen. Mighty God, we ask you, God, to comfort, comfort those families right now. We ask you to continue to give them peace and strength at the time of grief and bereavement. Uh, Father, we ask you to bless us for the summons, travel, grace, and mercy as they are going to celebrate their life. Father, bless their journey then, bless their journey back. Continue to watch over with the heart and family in the time of loss and grief. God, God comfort be with them. May your peace and transcendence and guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. May we rise and prepare. We'll sing our benediction. You're welcome to join in and Zion. If you can't sing like I can, just sing low. We'll sing high. Amen. Oh, 